Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome one and all to the Storybox podcast, the place to be if you are a lover of stories. My name is Jay Phantom, former real estate agent now living my purpose, sharing amazing stories from people all over the world. I'm grateful that you're here today. Now let's journey into the Storybox together and hear more about whose story will be unboxed today. Welcome back, everyone, to the Storybox podcast. Hope you're all doing well. If you are a new listener or a returning listener, thank you so much for tuning in. This episode is going to be a very informative one for those people that are interested in publicity or just knowing the story behind the man who is known for helping a lot of people, a lot of celebrities and business executives get in the media and uh, get publicized and create a lot of credibility. His name is Dylan Kivo. Now, for those of you who don't know who Dylan is, he is an American entrepreneur, best-selling author, and keynote speaker. Dylan is the most known for being the founder and editor-in-chief of Kivo Daily Magazine. Dylan helps executives find their competitive edge and share unique and impactful stories through the use of public relations, advertising, and social media marketing. Dylan's work has been featured in Forbes, Inc., Entrepreneur, Huffington Post, and other top-tier publications like Amazon, NBC, MSNBC, USA Today, Fox News, Yahoo, IMDb, ABC, and of course, Dylan's own company, Kivo Daily. Dylan uh, helps uh, some of the most iconic Fortune 500 companies, celebrities, non-for-profits, and executives. He has also co-authored a marketing book, The Growth Hacking Book, winning an Amazon Bestseller Award, and the fun facts that you guys probably didn't know, Dylan was the first person in the world to publicize a CBD company on a billboard in Times Square, New York City. So everyone, before we dive into this week's episode with Dylan, I, I do have a huge favor to ask you. Please share this one around. If you do know somebody that needs help with public relations, then please uh, pass them Dylan's details. Also, if you just want to hear Dylan's story and, and get to know him a bit more, then this is the episode for you because we dive deep. Uh, also, please leave a rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. It helps go a long way and spreading this community and, and just building it so we can reach as many people as we possibly can with amazing stories like Dylan's. Uh, with that being said, my friends, I wanted to keep this introduction very short because it's time to dive into the story box and hear Dylan Kivo's incredible life-changing story. 
Thank you so much, bro. I really appreciate it. Jeez, with that introduction, you make me look like Superman. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> it's an absolute honor, man. You are Superman because you've done so many different things. You wear many different hats. You've helped so many people over the years. Uh, thank you so much for your time, man. I know it's incredibly valuable. I know we've been trying to make this happen for quite a while. So it makes me even more grateful. Before we dive into your backstory and, and how you got started doing all this, I usually have one question that I love asking people, which is, what does success look like to you? It's a great question. You know, that, that's really interesting. I think everybody's definition of success is determined by what their, what their own personal beliefs are. You know, for me, I would say being happy is my number one success. Um, you know, there's a lot of things like, you know, cool cars that I can drive or, you know, nice watches I can wear, nice places I can live in and, and stuff like that. And that's all materialistic, materialistic stuff, which is all well and good. And of course it's fun, right? Nobody's going to lie driving around in cool, fancy cars. Of course it's fun. But at the end of the day, if, if no matter what I'm doing on my day-to-day basis, if, it, if, if I can, you know, once I lay my head down on my pillow at night, if my answer isn't yes to the question of, am I happy or was I happy today? Am I happy in general? If that answer is no, that is the biggest indicator showing me I need to change things up. And so, and I, and I have pivoted a lot because I can truly say I'm 26 years old right now at 26. I'm the happiest of six years of being here on earth, which is awesome. Um, I think that's the number one thing I strive for is not only the happiness of myself, but also the happiness of others. And so, and I do that with variable ways or various ways. And a lot of the, a lot of it is, you know, let's just say it's, you know, being able to employ, you know, right now 30 employees. Um, and I try to be the best possible. And I, I tell them too, like fun boss, because nobody likes to have a boss over them. They like to have a partner next to them. And so what I try to do is just make every day as fun as possible. And it's a little diff- difficult because I do have employees all around the world. And obviously, this is very virtual. So it's not like we're here, you know, huddled up in an office and I can do a lot of cool cultural office, you know, fun type of like tasks, tasks and stuff. So I just try to make sure that, you know, everybody around me is happy and then including myself. So I would say that's my, that my real meaning of success is definitely happiness over, you know, revenue and stuff like that for sure. I like that, man. I had no idea that you're still 26. Like that's, that's yeah. incredible. Yeah, man. I know the gray hair kind of gives it away that it looks like <laughs> I'm a lot older, but 26, man. You're going to be a silver fox later on, just, just saying. Um, that's the goal. <laughs> <laughs> man, I found one gray hair in my head the other day and I'm like, crap. <laughs> I was freaking out. Yeah. I remember that. I remember that day. I think I was like 17 or 18 years old. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm 24 now, so I'm two years younger than you. And yeah. I think what you're doing is is honestly incredible. And and all the people that you've been able to help over the years uh, is astounding. All the people that you've been able to connect with, massive organizations, uh, celebrities, you name it. Uh, mm-hmm. What I'm curious about is when was it? When was it in your life that you realized, hang on a minute, success for me is actually happiness? Was there a catalyst in it? Um, you know what? Yes, there was. I've actually never told anybody this, and I'm, I'm extremely excited to be able to kind of just throw this out there, but I used to be a massive workaholic. Um, and, and, and some would, you know, some would argue that I still am. I just call it something different. Um, I still work the same amount of hours that I did when I was 20. I started my whole entrepreneur journey, you know, I would say when I was, I think it started at birth, to be completely honest with you. I, re- I truly believe that entrepreneurship, business, and all that craziness 
is definitely instilled in my DNA for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, like I remember at, at such a young age, you know, I was selling like shirts and lemonade and doing all that stuff. And I started like nonprofits and I just loved business. I love selling things. And on the flip side, I, I mean, of course it was fun to get money. And the problem was when I started my whole business entrepreneurship journey, I was so revenue driven instead of relationship driven. And so I noticed that even though I was making a lot more money than, you know, other people my age were in like, you know, 20, 21, 22, which was cool and it was fun. But the thing is, I was working towards the wrong goal and I wasn't working towards what was truly going to make me happy at the end of the day. And I thought having all these cool materialistic things would make me more happy just because I think retrospect looking back it was like that would make me cool and i think a lot of people get it twisted it's not necessarily how cool you are because it's it's really how happy you are and the difference is is if you care so much about how cool you are really what you're telling yourself is i care so much what other people think about me versus what i think about myself and i think that's the two the two difference right and so the biggest life changer for me was i was around 24 and all my relationships around me started just just tumbling like the Twin Towers did on 9-11. It was awful, right? And so that's when it was really interesting. My, my, sorry about that. Hopefully you can edit that out. My bank account, um, it looked pretty, but inside I was a hot mess, dude. Like, you know, really like actual, like, you know, real, real, like strong relationships were starting to crash around me. And then one time, one night I, I laid back down and I was thinking like, why is this? And I realized that four years prior to that, all of, all the way up until that moment, all I cared about was the revenue, not the relationships. And I don't mean I was purposely screwing people over. I was, I've never been one to screw somebody over just for my own gain. But what I was doing is neglecting other relationships. And I don't even mean relationships within business. I mean, relationships as family, friends, and, you know, significant other and stuff like that. And so that was the real, it was about, a, a, would say a cycle of like six months, six months of process that I went through. And then I realized, holy crap, why am I doing this? And if it's really just for money, I'm in the wrong game. Mm-hmm. And so I made a kind of like a promise to myself and God that, you know, moving forward, no matter what I do, it's not only going to be myself for myself, but it more importantly, it's going to be for others. And so ever since then, it's been about, I say close to like two-ish years now, that I've completely, you know, changed things up and I've learned to also trust others by that. At that point, I only had, I was my only employee myself, right? So solo entrepreneur now, after going through this whole, you know, self-discovery process, I'm here at 26, two years later and have 30 employees um, doing really, really well, you know, even financially and not even have to, my stress level has decreased probably 99.9% because I'm allowed to trust others. And I see the good in others versus thinking that everybody's just trying to get a piece of the pie, which some of that may be true. But at the same time, it's like, as long as I'm happy and other people around me are happy, that's what I'm doing this for. You know, we only go around this rock, you know, one time. And so if I can make the, the, the most positive impact of others, especially financially, because I think finances are a huge stress in people's life, then that's what I'm, I'm going to continue to do. I love that, man. It sounds very similar to what I went through last year. Uh, you know, and I'm still going through, like, I still notice that I'm going through that work. Like I'm always every single day working on myself. How can I improve the lives of others around me? How can I be selfless? You know, mm-hmm. cause I was, I was selfish for a long time. And what I realized last year after everything came crashing around me, I was in real estate for seven months 
I was selling multi-million dollar properties. I was very good at what I was doing. Uh, but life just happened, man. Life didn't work out the way I thought it was going to. And like last year was like pretty much the worst year of, of my life. And I've been through crap. Like you would not believe. This is not to put the spotlight on me, but I want I want to just say like when you go through these sorts of like down moments, even though you go through them, they're still going to be that you get better as time goes on, but you're still going to have those moments where you think, hang on a minute, why am I doing what I'm doing? Like you're going to have those down days mm-hmm. um, leading forward. But what I wanted to ask you, Dylan, is how did you get started in this public relations business? How did you, like, was that something that just came randomly or would you, how would you describe like your, the process to getting where you are right now? Yeah, fair. Well, first and foremost, I want to say, man, I'm sorry how, that you had to go through all that too, because I get it. I've been there, you know, multiple times. You know, one piece of advice I will give you really, really quick is, you know, it's almost like if you look at a, a hill that goes up and down, right? If there were no, if there were no down points, mm-hmm. there would be no perspective of the up points either, because it would just be one solid segment line, right? So it's like in order for us to even feel or see what the top feels like, well, we had to have been at the bottom first, or yep. we have no perspective. Mm. So it's kind of like, it's one of those things I think in life. And I mean, we're very similar in age. I think the only thing that we can do knowing, you know, going forward is knowing that there will be those low moments in the future for sure. But it's just understanding that that's very temporary, you know, temporary, but back, you know, back to your other question, um, as far as me getting into PR. So backing up a couple more years, you know, before that I went to, I didn't really go to college. I took, I don't know, maybe five to 10 different courses um, or classes, I should call them, but no, no degree, nothing, right? Never went to a formal like university, none of that stuff. So, you know, after college or after high school, I knew that I didn't, I didn't have very many options. Um, if you look at stats show that if you don't have even like an associate's degree, you're probably going to make anywhere from maybe 35 to $45,000 a year starting out tops, right? Mm-hmm. So I knew that that was not an option for me is to work for somebody else. And so what I did was, I went to the people that were making a lot of money that I also knew didn't necessarily, didn't necessarily have to go to college or they were in industries that didn't require college. And what I mean by that, I didn't go to doctors and attorneys and try to become a doctor or attorney knowing that I have to go to school first. So business was really my only option. Um, I didn't have a plan, you know, A through Z. I had a plan A and that's it. And so I, I met this guy named Paul. He lives out of Nashville, Tennessee. He is the uh, co-founder of a company. Uh, It's worth about $2.5 billion to date. And during the time when I met him, it was worth about, I think, close to like $350, $400 million, which is still a ridiculous amount. Mm. More importantly, he was one of the nicest dudes that I've ever met in business that actually gave me the time of day. Mm. And so I, I told him, you know, hey, man, I'll work for you. Super, super cheap. Super cheap. I mean, like, I think I was making like 300 bucks a week the first like six months. However, I didn't have, I didn't really garner this. I didn't really have the skill set needed um, to be able to say, hey, man, I need a raise or, hey, I'm worth, you know, more. So I think he, him even paying me 300 bucks, you know, a week was, was more than enough because I was really just learning. Well, through that period of time, I ended up working for him for about, I'd say two, I think it was like two and a half, three years. Um, very long story short, I was managing his whole personal brand for him. So it's his website, social media, and a couple other things on the side. And then I stumbled across 
um, PR when I, first I didn't even know what it was. Mm. I saw on some of uh, some of the, you know some of his competitors they had like these as seen in logos right ABC NBC Fox Forbes whatever it was and I thought holy crap when I was designing his website that would be really cool to be able to add those little logos to his website and so I did a little bit of digging and I found a couple people made some cool connections. <laughs> I'm so sorry about that. You still there? I'm still here, bro. All good. By the way, is that stuff editable? Oh yeah, of course. Okay. Um, Writing a note. I thought I turned off. I did turn it on plane mode. I I don't know why that just popped in. Um, I'll back up for a second. I I really apologize, and I hope that doesn't happen again. All good. Um, Don't worry. All good. And then, and then at the okay. So yeah. So met Paul, and then from there, um, as soon as I got him into those major publications, I saw his personal brand completely changed it turned like upside down, right? He started getting a ton of like friend requests and LinkedIn connections and all that stuff. But more importantly, I saw a huge increase of his following. Like he actually started getting a lot more people for not only his personal brand, but also his business. Mm. And then, so from there, I was like, holy crap, this is amazing. This, there's really a lot of power in PR. And then from there, I was like, this is, this is where I'm, I'm a lot more passionate about the PR stuff versus the website design and social media. And so I really went hundred percent. I just zoned straight in, PR stuff. Mm. And then that's where things started to start turning for me, you know, realizing, holy crap, if I do what I'm doing for Paul for a hundred other clients, I can make what I'm making times a hundred. And so that's essentially what I did. And then, you know, that I was about 22 years old during that time, maybe 23 ish. And then I start, I told him, Hey man, you know, just being very transparent, I'm going to be, you know, trying to reach out, like working with other people. And I, I was not under, you know, an NDA or non-compete. I know that stuff is completely, I was, I was, you know, arms wide open to do that, which I, and I was able to figure all that stuff out, you know, on my own, but without him giving me the opportunity to even practice on him and giving me the, you know, those page, those weekly paychecks for several years to give me, to kind of float me those couple of years, I would never have this opportunity where I sit at right now because I'd probably be kicking and screaming, maybe even thinking, holy crap, maybe I have to go back to college. Even though I knew college wasn't for me, I may have been forced to financially. So, yeah. Was that, um, was that Paul Getter? I'm curious. No, no, no. Uh, but I do know him and I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I was, I was just curious when you mentioned Paul and billion dollars and I'm thinking, huh. It sounds very yeah. familiar. Yeah, he's in marketing cool. and stuff. Yeah. No, that's yeah. cool, man. That's cool. Um, so you've, you've been able to do this. You've been able to help uh, Paul reach uh, a massive platform and, and grow him. And is there one particular strategy that you employ or is it a multiple set of strategies? It's definitely multiple. So, you know, the gist of what I do, it is a lot of it does come to come down to personal branding, but a lot of it is perception, right? We're, we're really living in this day and age of perception is kind of more important than reality. It's not actually, but it's perceived to be right. For example, somebody's verified on Instagram, they have over a quarter million followers. It's almost like the world has has somehow joined together and everybody made the executive decision that if somebody has a blue verified badge next to their name and they have over, let's just say, you know, a hundred thousand followers, society has deemed that person either a successful or two, a genius in whatever they do or good or for the, you know, for the most part, good at what they do. Right. And I don't know why those vanity metrics 
they, they scream so loud in society. Um, however, it is how it is for a reason. And so what I do is I set people up for success. And so I really position them. So I, I work with a couple people with like, you know, raising, um, you know, social media followings. And I do that with, you know, following the guidelines through Facebook and uh, Instagram and all those, those, um, those white, white hat tactics, I'll call them, right? Instagram, Facebook approve of them, whether it's like shout outs or if it's, uh, you know, follow giveaways or whatever it is. We do a lot of that stuff as well as positioning them, you know, their Google digital footprint. And that's whenever you Google my clients, I like to have a lot of, you know, big name positive articles pop up about them with even like a Google, you know, Google knowledge panel and stuff like that. And at the end of the day, that's just so when if somebody were to like Google you or if you Google somebody and you find all this, you know, amazing information, you're like, holy cow, they're all over the internet. They must be good at what they do. Mm-hmm. And so even though that's what the perception says, and most of the time it's true. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying just because they have all this awesome stuff doesn't mean, you know, it doesn't take any credibility away from who they really are, but it's almost like a stamp of approval from Google, from social media and their peers as well. Mm. I'm fascinated by, fascinated by all this stuff because I'm still learning as, I, as I'm going. And one of the things that I do with my other job is I actually reach out to publications and blogs and all that sort of stuff to boost their like website, their uh, publicity. But what I've noticed with me, when I try and do it, I, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 it's all relationships, man. Yeah. yeah. It, that's that's who, it who you know. Uh, what I'm curious about, Dylan, is you've been doing this for, for quite some time now. And I, I usually ask this question to, to business people, but I want to ask it to you. What is the worst piece of advice you've ever been given? Honestly, oh man, that's a really good question. I would say give up, go to college. Mm-hmm. Um, the, re- the reason why is, and, and I don't mean that college is bad. I personally, even though I don't, again, I've never graduated, I never graduated from any university. I don't have any certificate saying that I'm, you know, good at what I do by any means. Um, however, I do have a track record for that. As far as College, I think college is not used for the right reasons right now. Um, you're learning, a lot of people are learning from professors who have never actually done what they preach and what they teach. Um, if they, again, that's why I think mentors would be better than professors. However, where college is clutch is the networking opportunity. Yep. It's, it's an awesome opportunity to still network with those professors and your, your fellow classmates as well. I think that's, I think that's where the money's made in college. Mm-hmm. I don't think you should go to college necessary to necessarily to learn about business. I think the best way to learn about business is to do business with good business people. Um, but I have had one, one gentleman tell me, and then I wasn't doing well at the time. I mean, I, I don't want to say he's like right or wrong. I, he's definitely wrong for telling somebody to basically quit doing you know, what they're passionate about. And my numbers were really, really low at the time. Mm-hmm. But, I, but I also knew that the state I was in wasn't permanent. You can always change your circumstances by either just turning around and doing, you know, just flipping 180 and, and, and pivoting, which there's nothing wrong with. But I think basically telling somebody to give up to do something else is probably the worst thing you can you can really do to somebody because you know I'm sure Steve Jobs and all these other amazing you know founders were told the same thing. Look at you know Jeff Bezos and everybody started in like garage or you know their basements or those crazy stories right back in like the 1980s and stuff. And yeah, I think that was probably the, the worst advice. Given I love that education or experience. 
Is that, that's a question? Question, education or experience, which would you prefer? 100% experience all day long. Mm. For sure. Same here, man, same here. I don't think it's right how you got somebody that has all the experience in the world, and this has been happening quite frequently, actually, and businesses, they take the person that has a fresh uni degree, a piece of paper saying they're actually qualified to do this when the person has been doing that job for years and they are probably better than the person that has got the piece of paper. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I, I don't personally subscribe to that at all. Yeah. And yeah. I like, I like your, the worst piece of advice, give up and go to uni. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to uni for a semester and I noticed just how bad the system actually is. And I wasn't even looking for it to be bad. I just started realizing how bad it actually was. You know, when I was handing in assignments and then I would get marked down for writing something that was still true. I was writing, I was quoting the actual person that wrote the damn textbook. And then they would still mark me down because it wasn't from the textbook, but it was from that person's mouth. And I was like, what the heck is going on here? Because they're basically, they're fresh out of uni too. And they've been conditioned to believe you must mark it this way. Otherwise, there's no other way outside of it. And I was mm-hmm. thinking, this, this is ridiculous. I'm going to, and what I want to do is I want to coach young people. I want to mentor and help people because I've been through a lot, like I was saying. And I believe like with my experience, even though I'm only 24, I can help shape the next generation rather than what, better than what the uni system is actually doing. Um, Good. So like I, I, I personally, like once again, I don't subscribe to that and I'm glad that you don't either. Um, yeah. They, people need uh, to hear from you. They need your message. Well, well you, you got to think about this too, man. Think about this. So, you know, a, a doctor, right? As soon as they graduate, you know, med school, for example, which is, you know, close to eight years after their undergrad and all that stuff, Right. There's a reason why, okay, so they, they just got their certificate of approval saying that they are, they are approved to be a doctor. Mm. If experience wasn't better than education, tell me why they have to go and do a residency after college. Yep. <laughs> that, a residency is the sole definition of experience over the education that they just came out of for eight years. So tell me why they would, guarantee, they would make it mandatory that they have to get the, the experience right after they just got the education. Mm. They got to get like the 3000 hours or something. Exactly. Yeah. It's insane. Right. It's yeah. It's like 80 hours a week for, you know, a couple of years, something like that, which is, and don't get me wrong. I'm glad. I'm absolutely glad that they do that, but I'm more happy that they recognize the fact that experience is more important than education. Mm. I mean, you know? I mean, like you can read every single book under the sun, but if you don't actually apply what is written into your own life, then it's just words. Like it doesn't have that much meaning. So, and that sort of leads into my question about you writing your own book, your own marketing book, which hit number one on Amazon. So did right. you actually know, like, like why did you want to write the book in the first place? So to be very transparent, I wrote one chapter in the book. Um, there's about, there's like 15 to 20 different authors within the book, right? So all of us collectively have, uh, came together and said, Hey, listen, I'm going to write this chapter on this, which is, you know, PR branding, stuff like that. And then there's, you know, I think there's like between 15 and 20 others that did the same thing. So there wasn't just that one author, like just me or a co-author that just wrote the whole book. 
Um, but collectively, we were able to make that the American, you know, Amazon's bestseller, which in fact then would, you know, grant me that that title to be able to say that, which in fact is very true. It actually went on to to win all these like other crazy awards too, which is awesome. I just don't have that listed. Um, however, for that specific chapter, um, the reason I wanted to, to write that specific chapter is because I knew I knew and still do know a lot about PR and the impact that it has on society and more importantly, business. And so the facts and tips that I gave within that chapter, I think they're, I gave really actionable tips that people can, can actually use on a day-to-day basis. And the last thing I wanted to give is, is unactionable tips that people read and think, oh, it's a great read, but there's nothing I can you know pull from this. And so within that chapter, I do give some really good, what I think are some really good tips and the feedback that I've received are really good tips that you can actually take action on for sure. Have you ever thought about writing your own standalone book? I have, and I actually just finished it. It is called Authority Titans, but it's not necessarily like out there yet. And so that's what I'm working on right now. But yeah, yeah, definitely. It took about a year. It's, it's like 200 pages. It took me about a year to finish just because it was one of those things I was like working on and off with. But yeah, man, I'll definitely send you a copy for sure. Uh, I love one, man. I'm in the process of writing two books myself. So really, it's hard. <laughs> it's, yeah, I did, I did a lot of mine um, audio and then transcribe that and then basically did edits and stuff on the computer after I was able to transcribe it, which I think is the best way. Cause I can get my thoughts out personally. I can get my thoughts out a lot better audibly versus yeah, like, yeah. You know, hand to paper. Same here. Same here. Like I, I find that when I'm speaking it, then I catch myself and I think, hang on a minute, I've got to write that down quickly. And then I'll <laughs> have to re-listen to myself, say what I said, then I can write it. Uh, exactly. Kind of like a process of like, uh, four, four different stages, you know, you say it, you write it down, listen to it back again, then write it down again. Just so you, yeah, it's, it's nuts, man. But I, I, can't, I can't wait to read your book and I can't wait to share my, my books uh, with you. I think, um, absolutely. I'd love to read them. That, that'd be awesome, man. Like don't mind the grammar, by the way, it's shocking. But anyway, <laughs> um, dude, I've got a couple more questions for you. If you don't mind, really enjoy this yeah. conversation. Who has has made the biggest impact in your life today, whether it's been financially, spiritually, mentally, or physically? You know, I would say Paul only because, and I had, I had some other really good mentors too. I would say Paul, because he's kind of always been that one guy that no matter how busy he is, he was able to take time out of his day to answer you know, what, what I thought were big questions and important questions at the time, which now looking back, a lot of the questions I asked him, it's like, huh, I could probably could have, you know, figured those out a different way. I think it's, it's more of showing that no matter how busy you are, you're never too big for somebody who's smaller than you. And what I mean by smaller is somebody who's on the up and up and like an upcoming entrepreneur, everybody starts from ground zero. And I don't think it's, it's ever fair for you to, to look down at that more, more importantly to kind of like extend your, your hand to like lift them up. And because of him, that's one thing I've noticed is I've been able to help out a lot of um, up and coming entrepreneurs, not necessarily just because he did it for me, but that was all I needed to get to where I am today. And if I can get other people to, you know, a higher level than they're currently at, that would also make me happy at the end of the day, just to be able to kind of give back that way. If I can give my time to people and give them actionable tips and more importantly, tips that they actually execute on and I see them execute and then I see the results from it, that's where the, the gratitude and everything kind of you know, flows for me. 
I love that, man. You're helping me right now by just, you know, taking your time, which is valuable and speaking to me and sharing your story. So appreciate oh, that yeah. about you, man. Um, you're, sure. you're authentic. So uh, two more questions for you, dude. This, this last, second last one is my legacy question that I always ask people at the end. So you've been mm-hmm. able to reach the age of 100. Your friends have put together a film for you of everything you've ever said and everything you've ever done. Don't ask me how in the world they got it. We'll just call it magic, but they just did. And they've shown it to you on your 100th birthday. What do you want that film to say in the show about your life? So it's almost like a Wikipedia page about my life. Mm. I would definitely want to, first and foremost, um, philanthropist, um, father, brother, son, of course, right? Like all those. Um, I would like to go to go down as the guy who is able to change the media for good. Um, I think right now there's a lot of really skewed stuff going on in the media and it, it literally saddens my heart to see because since I'm on the opposite side of things, I see how much more impactful and positivity would be spread if the truth was actually heard and was actually written about. Mm. And I, it really pains me to, to understand that there's a lot of news outlets out there that they get paid from certain groups of people. I'm not going to get real political, but they get paid from certain groups of people to say certain things. And that's how they get paid in order on, on the crux of hurting other people's lives and causing a lot of like fear and, and like it's horrible stuff, man. So, right. So I would say the biggest thing, if, if the movie could really show the process that it took me to change media for good. That would be an amazing movie. Really yeah, well, that, that would pro- that'd probably be my biggest thing right there, man. Because it, it's awful. It's awful how, you know, it's almost like the news isn't even real anymore. It's almost like sad, scary entertainment. It's like watching a horror film 24-7 yeah. when you turn it on. Yeah, fear mongering. Yeah. yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. That's what it is. I, I believe it's wrong and I don't know how people can actually live with themselves if they're knowing fully that they're ruining somebody else's life. Like they they know 100% that what they're putting out there could potentially damage their, their emotion and their mm-hmm. mindset. And yeah. like yeah. a friend of mine, he's been absolutely battered in the media. Like it's spin media, a lot of it, none of it is true. They just right. keep hammering and hammering and hammering away at him because he speaks truth. The media hates the fact that he speaks truth. He was, right. he was really famous on one of Australia's TV shows and yet he's just being absolutely bombarded now saying that he's being disgraced. He's, uh, it's just stupid. It's crazy, man. I put up a post yesterday just saying, look, I feel for you, man. Seriously, this, this is wrong. It should never happen yet. It does. So what do you do? You try the best that you possibly can to make a difference to say, Hey, keep your head up. It's all right. Right. That's right. You know, I know. It should, that's, that stuff, it should be legal, man. If it's not, if it's not positive news, it should be something that's like, I don't know, some, some like governed, you know, properly because they're, they're really destroying people's life and they're instilling fear in, in people's everyday lives. And it's really not fair at all. It's kind of like soliciting false information, which in a court of law doesn't stand up. So why right. should it stand up in the media? Like, that's my question. So I agree. I agree, man. It's, it's <laughs> awful. Crazy stuff. My, my last question for you, dude, this one I haven't asked anybody before. So we'll see how, we'll see how we go. 
Um, if you could, if a genie was to give you three wishes, what would they be and why? The first one would be that all my friends and family would be taken care of for life. Wow. Second one would be somehow that like <laughs> that God could change those who destruct and destroy everybody else around them would completely be reversed. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say for the second wish would, would be um, for sin to be taken out of the world, which you and I both know is that's just not a thing right now for, for obvious reasons. That's a whole different conversation. We'll really get into that. The third wish would be to be able to give that wish to somebody else. Mm -hmm. I would say for sure. I love that one, man. Especially the, the sin one. We could, we could dive into that another time, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And, that, and that's the thing too. I mean, you gotta, you gotta think dude, like, if that was, if sin was removed, the whole thing about me trying to, you know, do the media for good and, you know, correct all this stuff that, that would never be a thing because everything would be true and, you know, mm -hmm. all, all, all good stuff. And I, and I know, and I don't mean like the media can't report on like shootings and like negative things. Of course it should. Absolutely. I just don't think it should be able to report on opinionated false statements. That's all I'm saying. Mm. Those live updates with like the shootings and hey, be careful. This that's all fine. That's I get it. That's that's real news, but it's the the political the yeah the political like opinionated stuff is what I don't like. All the agenda behind it. I think it's that's, yeah. Shouldn't, shouldn't Can't stand it. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, Dylan, it's been an absolute honor and, and pleasure speaking to you, my man. Wish we could do it longer, but yeah, you too. Time. Thank you so much for coming on the Storybox podcast. Where can people find you and connect with you and learn more about you? Yeah, social media would be the easiest. It's at Dylan, D-I-L-L-O-N, Kibo, K-I-V as in Victor O. And then that'll be across, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Instagram primarily, for sure. I'll make sure that's all in the show notes below. But thank you so much once again, Dylan, for your time. Perfect. Thank you, brother. Take care. I don't like this part because it means, sadly, we have come to an end of yet another incredible story. I just want to say thank you to all of you for tuning in and listening to our guest today. It is my prayer that you would have felt inspired, motivated, challenged in some way, and that you would have learned something new as well. If you'd like to hear more amazing stories like this one, you can do so now by searching up the story box on any podcast platform. It's that easy. If you did get something from our guest today, please share it around to a friend or family member that you think could benefit from hearing this powerful story. And before you go, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It will only take 30 seconds and it will go towards reaching more people. Let's start changing lives through powerful stories like this one. Your support is greatly appreciated. Until next time, when we dive back into the story box, I'm Jay Phantom, and don't forget, your story is worth more than you know. I'll catch you next time. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. 
Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. <laughs> 